0: What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. I'm Billy, and if I was Daniel Levy, he'd be another manager who failed to win anything at Tottenham. It's Lewis. So
1: vindictive. God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we have a nice little host of topics for today that include Bayern and the fact that, you know, it is just the club that is the gift that keeps on giving. Circus Club, Jesus Christ! I, I'm I'm not biased or anything. I'm I can get through this. We will also be looking at Shabi Alonso and how he is completely turned around by Alibakuzin, and then we will swing over to the Premier League, where as Bill kind of gave it away in his intro, we will of course be looking at Spurs, who do play United later this evening. But yes, they are coming off of a resounding six-one defeat to newcastle and then we will round off the premier league with you guessed it the title decider arsenal versus Man city and you know the fact that arsenal's title race may have just come to an end all that and more right after this before we take a look at the gift that keeps on giving from southern germany billy I believe you have something you've been dying to share with our esteemed listeners. And that is in our little segment, things you may have missed.
0: Yeah, that's right. Before we get on to the main one, just a couple of things. So Conor Gallagher's deflected goal against Brighton is the only men's first team goal for Chelsea's goal of the month award in April, which isn't fantastic. Club legend Marco Royce has extended his contract until 2024. This is on reduced wages to reflect his reduced playing time. So he's not going just yet, contrary to what we uh, said he should do last week, but potentially the end of 23-24, we could see the end of Marco Royce at Borussia Dortmund. And finally, a fan initiative from Germany, which are, I think is fantastic and I think could be very popular. So, uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, your local club, uh, they've launched the uh, Fortuna for All project. Fortuna for all. Um, and it promises free entrance to all fans for three home matches next season. Uh, and it's being subsidised by sponsors and things like that. And with the potential look, they uh, they hope with the backing of sponsors that they could potentially allow all home games to be in for free which I think is fantastic. Uh, And obviously it just feeds in with the whole German fan football culture thing.
1: Oh, most definitely. And you also have to add in that it's not just for Fortuna fans. It's also for the, the away fans as well. So the whole stadium, not just, you know, the home fans, it would be both home and away. So, you know, it would make it a very popular ground to be going to. And I have a feeling you would be seeing a packed stadium of fifty thousand at every game. If that actually were to be the case, because I mean, just think about it. It's a free ticket. You can just go. You just have to be first come, first serve. That's it. that. That is insane. And I think, you know, if you take a look at, for instance, prices at say any of the top six, whether it be uh, Spurs or Arsenal, you know, the ones that come to mind most. You would think that they're light years away from something like that but you know then again it is 2023 and i know it's not a first bundesliga or a bundesliga club it's a second bundesliga club but still it is a step in the right direction i'd say
0: well from a club making a step in the right direction let's move over to the bundesliga to a club oh. that seems to be taking one step forward and about nine thousand steps back
1: you just you just had to you just had to rub that in, didn't you? You
0: set me up perfectly. What was I supposed to do? Uh, they keep pitching him to me and I keep
1: winking him out the park. Exactly. So then... yeah, Billy, you said it. One step forward, nine thousand steps back. It seems to be the case. And every week it just keeps getting worse. You know, we had the three-one defeat at the end of the day, two mines, where you just have to admit that. So many players who essentially were the backbone of the team during the treble season twenty twenty, you know your Yozwa Kimi, your Goretzka, your, Guretzka, uh, your Serge Gnabry, what have you. It just all fell apart, and now Bayern can't even win the league of their own accord anymore. They have to wait for Dortmund slip
2: up.
0: To play devil's advocate ever so slightly i'd argue they've been waiting and playing on dortmund slip-ups for three four seasons now
1: particularly the
0: last two you're not wrong you're not wrong yeah but this season they haven't been winning as as many games haven't been winning as well according to the bosses as convincingly
1: yeah so it's it's funny that the bosses say that because they're the ones who are putting you know the squad together and at the end of the day i i think you know it's a perfect segue into just the squad is pretty unbalanced isn't it and if we look at it would you say it's just a squad that's good on paper and then in real life just all over the place or is there something more to it
0: i mean there's just disruption from every level when you've got teammates fighting, you've got uh, a, a manager change that can't have been popular with anyone. But, uh, yeah. Maybe Mamou Noir. Um <laughs> And you've got... I don't want to keep digging into it in because he's the club legend of Bayern, but when you've got Harness continually, continuously chucking in his, his 10 pence, giving his thoughts, it's like, okay... You were fantastic. You you were great for the club, but you've since moved on. Take up fishing.
1: (laughs) He he lives by the lake anyway. Um, (laughs) But it's interesting you say that because it's not just his 10 pence or his uh, 10 cents, if you will, that he is chucking in. He was the mastermind behind getting... Hassan Zelihamidzic and Oliver Kahn into their positions. So it's kind of ironic that after, you know, and this is reports from Sport1 and Bild and what have you, the fact that Hoeneß has been unhappy with club management for several months now is just so ironic because he's the person who's installed them basically behind the scenes. And I think a lot of people don't realize how influential this guy still is he's still the honorary president on paper but if you think any club or any big decision is not run by him you'd be kidding yourself
0: that's my point i think you need to cut the apron strings because i am um, I mean one day he's not going to be around anyway what are you going to do then
1: well that's the thing right you know they're, they're trying they're trying to move away but at the end of the day i'll play devil's advocate in this situation you'd almost argue they need someone like hoonis right now and the problem is you have no one else who is like hoonis as much as you know uli hoonis himself so it's a question of how do you want to get you know how how do you keep someone from like that from the club because this guy has this guy lives and breathes the club he's got you know, for all we know, he probably runs around in on slippers and uh and sleeps in in you know Bayern logo Bayern logos on the pillows and on the on the bed sheets and whatnot. Like this guy lives and breathes that club.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's fine, but it has to come to an end. People criticize uh people criticized at the time the amount of control that Sir Alex still had over United at the, when you know because he's an honorary board member and things like that it's club legend yeah never forget that but you have to let the current people do it and i'd argue that he isn't completely innocent because he's had hands in giving the people that are being criticised yeah their positions in the club uh, particularly the likes of Oliver Kahn
1: well, it's interesting you meet you mentioned that because Khan's seat now as Bayern CEO is officially being called into question. You know, you had report reports earlier this week, you know, Jan Agafiotov tweeting saying that Khan could be gone before the end of the season. Um that rumor has since been squashed by Khan himself post mainz match. Um and Stefan Effenberg said last weekend on the Sport 1 Doppelpass that he had spoken with Kahn on the phone and could rule out a premature sacking. Nevertheless, Kahn's contract is up in you know, December 2024. And right now, reports are already flying around who could be his replacement. And you have to honestly say, you know, he just didn't have or he didn't come to grips with his position and he didn't have the grip on the club that he should have. You know, he's there. It's, people have been saying that he's been absent way too often from, you know, the, the club facilities and whatnot, and he doesn't show his face and he's not a hands on enough manager. And someone who is, you know, like that hands on manager, like Uli Hoeneß, you know, he was that kind of guy. He was the president. He came down and had a 15 minute conversation with Tuchel. You know, yeah, Khan was there, but he only came out for a couple of autographs and went up to his office. So it, we could very much. Or very well be seeing khan's exit this summer if we do see his exit in all honesty would you say that or would you have tipped him to be the first head rolling so to speak when it comes to the bosses up there
0: i uh, know it was either gonna be him or hassan salihamidzic let's let's be perfectly honest
1: well yeah obviously
0: so it could it could literally be one, the other, or both as, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it's... Until there's any more news, I don't think it's worth speculating. I know there's been some rumours about the uh, Eintracht Frankfurt CEO and things like that, but...
1: I mean, if I were him, I would stay far away. He's got a contract till 2027 um, in Frankfurt, and he's also the DFL uh, CEO, and they're headquartered in frankfurt as well so why he would give up one job when he has both of them in the same city and then you know move a solid 300 kilometers down south i wouldn't know but for me the thing is still like i, I don't know how you would feel about this but i personally would rather have zadi Hamachich gone than khan well I, look,
0: this is coming from a from a man from you who <laughs> routinely has called out his shortcomings <laughs> up until this summer where it was okay. Hands up. He's done a good job. We've had a good window. I wanted to just unpack that a little bit because you say you had a good window. You did in the terms of some incomings, but key players other than obviously Mamou break is his leg skiing. That's, a batshit decision that we've spoken about in length anyway but you flirted with the idea of Erling Haaland rather openly which then annoyed Robert Lewandowski who then pushed for that move to Barcelona yeah. then failed to replace him really only brought in Macias Tell who okay fair enough give it five years maybe could be quite good you're missing that Genuine striker. I know chupomoting's Moting's done very well. Credit to him where it's due, but you're missing that ice in the veins, like a stone cold striker.
1: Yeah, like the gunslinger. In person. exactly
0: the 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 bulk of the goals, because you yeah, okay share them around, but this season it just hasn't happened. Yeah. So some reports of a possible swap deal, including Sadio Mane, who's only been there five minutes plus up to 120 million euros for victor oshimen i think the main reason that's come out is because his girlfriend's german
1: obviously from his time at wolfsburg yeah i mean his not only that oshimen definitely has you know stated himself that he or it's known from his camp that he wouldn't mind a move to bayern he would actually quite like to move in my opinion that completely it just it's just too much money at the end of the day napoli want to way too much money for him and even if you swapped Mane and him in the deal still paying 120 mil is crazy but you know like you said we're missing that gunslinger up top and you know at the end of the day you're just not going to win the champions league with chupa Moting up top As bad as it sounds, I think he's an amazing striker and he really has done his job well. But you're looking at a guy who, you know, he's now picking up injury after injury and it's more more or less likely than um, due to the fact that he's always been that come off the bench striker for his whole career. You take a look at what he did at PSG, you take a look at, you know, probably the last time that he was regularly playing 90 minutes was for Stoke. Big at man. the end of the day, exactly. So you it, know the fact it that... does
0: answer that age-old argument. Though we do know he can do it on a wet, windy night in Stoke.
1: Exactly. Can um, Messi? I don't think so. Don't think so. Exactly. So you know, yeah. There's that. There's that uh, aspect to it. I think at the end of the day, it was just a gamble that Sadio Mane could, you know, replace. Robert Lewandowski and you know it just hasn't worked out. But the thing is the bosses are paid to eat, you know to make exactly those gambles but then they're paid to make gambles that they know are going to pay off in that sense. They're paid to have the football know-how to make that decision that maybe some fans don't understand but it works out. And the problem is the bosses just have made way too many gambles that just haven't paid off in the last you know couple of years. And you could almost say this the downfall started when Zadia uh, you know, kind of drove Flick away from the club. Because after that, it just, you know, it's just gone downhill from there. So I think at the end of the day, the squad you could almost liken it to a Liverpool situation. Some of the players might be burnt out, but it's just the fact that too many players are not on form, you've got you're missing key players like Noia because of the freak accident and um, Lewandowski, who you sold to Barca because you didn't have you know the you maybe you didn't have the you didn't get Erling Haaland, but you should have had a 1b solution to that, you know, not just a b solution, but you know, the next the next best thing after Haaland if you only had to plan 1a and not a plan 1b. You see the situation where you're at now, so I think at the end of the day, the squad is just missing that focal man up top. Hopefully, they get someone. You know, Bayern have been linked now with Osiman, uh, Rendell Kolomwani, um you know, even even Rasmus Heljund, uh I think I think I'm saying that right. I hope I'm saying that right.
0: Oh, the the Atalanta striker. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Twenty year old. Um, they've they've been linked with him. Um, you know, it's. Even, even going as far as to link, you know, to get linked with Harry Kane. Um, uh, yeah, okay.
0: Good. The Harry Kane one—that's that's fine. Talk about that to the cows going home. I just want to read what you put down in the running order notes because when I saw it, it made me choke with rage. Ah, uh, yes. I think. And I think. So. Uh, <laughs> Kane seems to be out of the picture, is what you put. And then subheading, or sub-bullet sub, sub uh, bullet point, probably get a full Krug for a faction of the price in the same age. Speechless, stunned, silent. How can you, in the same sentence as Harry Kane, mention Nicholas Fulkrug? The utter fucking disrespect <laughs> on Harry okay. Kane.
1: Hey, I'm not saying you know, Fuku compares to Harry Kane. But if you're looking for someone who can definitely get goals in the Bundesliga and is about the same age and will cost you a fraction of the price, look no further. And I'm just saying, you know, at the end of the day, Harry Kane, in my opinion, is just too old to be spending upwards of 80 million. If you spend that much money, get someone in who, like Kolomorani, like Ossiemane, have a good eight years left in the minimum at that top level. You know, Lewandowski signed for Bayern when he was mid-20s, and look how much we got out of him. We got an insane tally of goals over the last eight years. So I think in in that sense, you cannot, you cannot be spending that much money on a Harry Kane who is turning 30 and maybe has three years at best left. At that at, at the you know, at that point, if you're going to be looking for a striker that badly, I wouldn't do I just I just wouldn't go for Kane. That's my personal opinion. I see your
0: Nicholas Fulkrug argument and I raise you about their cost. Anyway I just- <laughs> <laughs>
1: You just love him because he kissed the ball right before Sully March skied his penalty. And then when Victor Lindelof scored the winner, he ran
0: half the length of the pitch and knee slid in front of the United fans. Never fall in love with a lone player. This is Odiani Gallo all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just players that could potentially come in. Uh, your friend and mine, goal. Apparently open to selling. Uh, West Bromwich Albion legend Serge Gnabry should a suitable offer come in he's oh, he's, he's not it's not unhappy but i just it just had not clicked this season but you could say that about
1: you could say that about you could say eight that or about, nine players i was season. about to say the half take half the half the starting 11 at that point you know i think it's a, it goes along the same lines as the as the money thing If you want to give Mane away after one season where the whole squad has just been absolute shit for their standards, you just need your head checked. There's no point in trying to get Mane to leave now because the amount of squad depth he gives you and he will he will he just needs the time he will definitely perform and my in my opinion he definitely has it in him same with gnabry we've seen him perform we've seen him perform when Bayern won the treble so i think it's unfair to start naming candidates to be sold when the whole team is just been crap because at that point sell the whole squad because with the exception of maybe de Ligt, You cannot tell me that any other player has had a season that has been less than crap for their standards. Maybe throw in Kingsley Coman in there as well, but he also, you know, it it also was just you know the start of the season started with injuries and whatnot. It's just been from start to finish; it just hasn't been good. So, well, uh,
0: let's briefly talk about the club who, touch wood, maybe not for you, uh, are going to win the league this year. Um, Because, like I said earlier, it's been a case of buying, feasting off of Dortmund mistakes, particularly the last two seasons. Yeah. Doesn't look like they're going to have the opportunity, you know, you don't have to ask them to win the league for a third season in a row.
1: You would hope not anyway.
0: And particularly, you know, we can talk about Jude Bellingham till I'm blue in the face because of the, uh, the love I've got for a man who is <laughs> significantly younger than me uh, makes me both proud to be English and uh, horrified that I'm so old. What? Because of the fact that he's not even 20? <clears throat> Shut up. <laughs> I, I want to talk about doniel Marlin because it looked like he was following this trend. You know, we saw it with Memphis Depay when he went to Manchester United. We saw it with Vincent Janssen when he went to Spurs. Yeah. Um, Steven Bergwijn when he went to Spurs. You know, at PSV, he was ridiculous. Signed for Spurs. He scored a couple of good goals. He scored his debut against Man City, but after that, just downhill. And now he's reviving himself with Ajax. Yeah. But it looked like Donny Marlon was going the same way. He was the man brought in to sort of bolster an attack, not the man to replace uh Jaden Sancho because they're different players. Yeah. But it was that sort of it was Sancho went, Marlon came in. Exactly. A minimum of one goal in his last five matches. All seven league goals coming after
1: match day twenty one. Hey, I mean, if there's a time to to score them, he's, he's picked the perfect time because if you look at it, his goals have all come during the win streak that Dortmund had. Um, he's always scoring for them when it counts. At the end of the day, he couldn't have picked a better moment in time to start producing because he is one of the main reasons that Dortmund now are in the driver's seat when it comes to the title race. So it's great to see, as you said, a player you know not following the trend, so to speak, but you know starting to blossom and actually show his true potential. And this is, you know, bearing in mind this is with Sebastian Halea coming back in January already.
0: Well, that's my that was the point I was going to make. Do you think this is in tandem with the return to match fitness of Sebastian Halea?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Dortmund moderate that because Daniel Malin has been up top for most of the time, but he has also successfully paired with Haller as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see, and I don't think we will be able to catch a glimpse of it this season because Haller will have needed just these six months to get match fit again. That's just the way it is. If you're out injured this long, it that's just... Well, I, I say injured. Obviously, you know, if if you're out of, if you're just out of the game, and also, you know, to the extent he was, it'll just take time until you're you're back there. And I have no doubt that he'll that he'll come back, but you know, it it'll it will take time. So I think at the end of the day, if Dortmund can figure out a way to get Malen and Hallea producing together, insane. Well, from one insane to another.
0: Xabi Alonso, great player. Doesn't always mean great manager. Look at Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. I was about to say. (laughs) I have an audio clip from the special one himself that could give you an insight into why Xabi Alonso has completely turned around uh, the season for Bayer Leverkusen. Just have a listen to this.
2: But I would say... That Xavi Alonso, his father was a manager. Uh, So he grew up similar to me. He was born with a father player. He grew up with a father manager. Then he became a player, of course, much better than I was. Um, Then he became a player, a top player. His position on the pitch and his knowledge of the game very high and then he played in spain in england and in germany and he was coached by guardiola in uh, in uh, bayern by myself in real madrid by ancelotti in real madrid by benitez in liverpool so I think if you put all this together, I think Xavi has conditions to to be a very good coach.
0: A fairly glowing recommendation from the special
1: one himself. Not not short of uh, praise for his, himself either, is he?
0: Well, if you're going to put praise for Guardiola, Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez, you might as well put yourself in there as well.
1: I mean, you're not wrong, yeah. It's no
0: surprise to hear people talk about him like that when you look at what he's done. You know, Leverkusen were second from bottom. They're now sixth.
1: And they have a very, very good chance of even making Champions League, depending on how the others slip up, if they do.
0: You know, you look at uh, if uh, Union can't keep it up, if... If Leipzig slip up, then they're right there, ready to pounce. They're in the semis of the Europa League this season. You know, and sorry to keep bringing it up, Lewis, but he put the final nail in the coffin for Julian Nagelsmann and started this snowball of unfortunate events. All this without Patrick Schick, largely. i was about to say
1: exactly that 24 goals he scored for them as well last season so and and without florian woods for you know at full potential um for a good majority of that time as well you know if we're being honest florian is not only now really you know getting back into stride and whatnot so you know i th- i think he with with the quality he's had i'd almost say he's getting more out of that leverkusen side than than you should expect if i'm being honest
0: potentially although i argue it was probably a case of the previous manager not getting enough so now it looks like they're overperforming fair fair uh, you know Florian Verts, It was a it was a horrible injury. I covered that game. It was horrible, but he's back, almost to pre ACL tear levels of form.
1: Yeah, and I mean it was uh, just that manager Gerardo Cielan, who even said, you know, Florian Virts wouldn't be surprised if he completes the you know the top 3 of the Ballon d'Or or if he wins the thing because he has got that much potential. And I think you know if you if you look at it and if you give him the right environment we could be seeing a Florian Wirtz and you know maybe the first German Ballon d'Or winner since Lothar Matthäus. I'm saying possibly. Because the kid is something special. I think he flies under the radar a lot because Leverkusen as a club just in general fly under the radar, but that might just be a blessing in disguise for him.
0: Yeah, he has a ridiculously high ceiling.
1: Yeah. I think he
0: potentially has to avoid what Kai Havertz did because I remember we were having similar conversations about Kai Havertz before he went to Chelsea.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I would argue almost that it might not be the fact that Kai Havertz moved too soon. It was just the fact that Kai Havertz moved to Chelsea. Because Chelsea, You could argue Chelsea were a sinking ship anyway. Champions League win or not. And if they ruin Christopher and Kunku,
0: I'm going to scream. Yeah. Well, on the subject of the Premier League, I think it's time to leave Germany and let's have a look at a meltdown against the Magpies. Lewis. Yes, Billy. If I was to say to you, 21 minutes into a football game, that a professional top-flight side, full of players who get paid or hundreds of thousands of pounds a week to uh essentially kick a ball of air around would we'll be five
1: nil down. Lost for words, in all honesty. I saw this video, I th- I think I sent it to you, um of this of this Spurs fan who was doing like a live thing on Twitch or whatever, just a live reaction to the game. It's pure comedy because he just you just see the absolute collapse of you know, of his soul in front of camera. And I can only imagine how badly, how bad that must've been. Because I mean, the only time I've had any, or I've experienced anything close to that was that five nil thumping by Gladbach about, yeah, about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. No one expected that either. But it's something different to happen, you know, inside of 20 minutes, because you could almost call that, and I think I've used this term before, Arbeitsverweigerung, the absolute refusal to work
0: see learning german can be fun
1: <laughs> until you get to the to the uh what do you call them not adjectives oh it doesn't matter just we have a masculine a neutral and a feminine version of the word the For all the words so you know
0: and in england we have there 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 and there
1: there you go but but a gh at the end of every damn word can mean something different this is not a linguistic show no let's get away from what i think our language teachers of old would say is a great episode and return to the absolute destruction of spurs i mean the meltdown just is complete isn't it
0: well i i have well it's not a secret there's a reason this happened um and i've got to be really careful about what i put into the uh, universe before my team play tottenham <laughs> i can completely give both barrels here finish recording and then that's we it get we get thumped five nil um but i'm gonna do it anyway because content So, Christian Stellini, the man who was kept on for some ridiculous reason by Daniel Levy after the sacking of Antonio Conte, decided for the first time in, I don't know, five, six years, to play a back four at Tottenham. A team (laughs) who, since like 2019, have played a back three slash back
1: five since since the season that is arguably their most successful one in the club's history um you know with the semi-final in Amsterdam which I think every Spurs fan is going to keep quoting till the day we die because they still won't have won anything by that time
0: I'm all for trying new things when it's just not working (laughs) but five nil down in 21 minutes they were 3-0 down after eight. Eight. <laughs>
1: That's almost after... Robert Lewandowski level.
0: <laughs> exactly. After that, Papasar gets taken off and replaced with Davinson Sanchez. Why wait until the fifth goal's gone in to make that change? Because after they went to a back three, okay, yeah, they conceded again. But they also scored. It was 1-1, one, one, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, they drew the second half 1-0. But this is just the the peak or rock bottom. Okay, it, it cannot, for Spurs, get any worse than that. Christian Cellini subsequently fired. Lovely quote from Jamie Carragher. Why is Conte's mate managing in the interim? it
1: has got a point. Yeah, I was about to say... I... <laughs> And also to throw around a couple more quotes, Danny Rose on Sky Sports had the best way of looking at it. And I think he said, to be exact, how is it that I still am unemployed watching that? And you you just have to feel for him because, you know, Danny Rose is without a club and his former club are just, for lack of a better word, shitting the bed with it
0: i can tell you why danny rose is unemployed because there's not much work around for a male cheryl cole impersonator
1: someone's got to do it
0: oh someone has to it's whether anyone wants it or not
1: hey you've got a point but if you haven't yeah. seen it
0: it was a bold outfit choice from danny he made perfect sense though because we have all seen all or nothing with spurs lol where he's got he's gone to daniel levy he's gone to the manager it's like yeah but you you don't give me the chance to prove myself in matches and then moan that i'm not doing well enough and then we thought oh he could go alone he could go here he could go there it just never happened and he's he's now just without a club
1: yeah uh, the other we, one yeah
0: i think you wanted to talk i think you've written this down what did emerson's dad say
1: he said that yeah. You know, also, for those who don't know, Emerson Royale's dad is also his manager or his his agent. But better yet, um, he said that he's now ready for the next step and should be playing for Real Madrid. Is he off his nut? Oh, my brother in Christ. <laughs> exactly. You cannot be telling me that anyone in that Spurs team, apart from maybe Harry Kane, and even he, I think, you know, he is part of the team. He may have scored that lone goal, but even Harry Kane, I think, after that game, shouldn't be near the Real Madrid squad. Anyone else from that Spurs team shouldn't even be thinking about a move there. And his dad goes and spews that online. Unbelievable.
0: Okay. So Ryan Mason is in again.
1: Again. Okay. Here we as, go again.
0: As the interim. Who, if anyone would take would take it, should be the long term because there's was well, something that came out earlier that Ralph Ranick he was on Sky Germany, they essentially endorsed the Spurs job for Julian Nagelsmann. They said, Look, there's you've got an owner who's been there for a very long time, you've got you know a structure which I'm sorry, Ralph. No. Okay. Yeah. The stadium's nice, but a what couple of you sayings do. you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. <laughs> uh, you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter.
1: Well, put it this way Spurs is still a more stable environment to coach in than Chelsea.
0: <laughs> and also, bear, bear a thought for frank lampard right now who up until christian stellini got the sack probably thought i'm the interim they can't get rid of me no matter how bad <laughs> I am. Well, uh, incidentally, they, they lost 2-0 to brentford last night and it was hilarious
1: the best part is that he still tried to defend his coaching record right in the post-match interview he went and said you know i kept chelsea in the premier league i kept everton in the premier league this these were his words like yeah he kept everton up but he was also subsequently you know sacked the season afterwards and his managerial record you just can't defend that he went on saying you know we just didn't have any luck against brentford today my guy have you had a look at what your team are are putting together on the pitch you know, his managerial record is in the last 19 games, one win, two draws and 16 losses. <laughs> uh, how and... do you defend that? There is no way it's
0: still mathematically possible for them to get relegated. Fingers crossed. Lord, I'm on my
1: knees. <laughs> you take City winning the title again, 100% of Chelsea. Oh, like City could
0: win the treble if Chelsea got run again. I wouldn't <laughs>
1: shit.
0: On the subject of that, let's leave... Uh, exactly. Let's leave Chelsea, let's leave Spurs, who now I've unloaded on Tottenham. Probably going to win tonight. At the time of recording. <laughs> so, uh, Tottenham
1: fans, you're welcome. Let's talk about, about to say, the top of the just, table. J- j- I'm just going to have to hold it to you. Will you do a little insert if... You have to hold your hands up oh yeah actually either way you know i'll I'll gladly you know gladly please do record something if united win and if tottenham lose i mean if tottenham win then you have to also make a small
0: okay regardless of what the result is there you go we will hear from future billy right now well i entirely blame myself for that and all the hubris I put into the world. first half was great. I mean Tottenham were awful. Nice goal from Sancho. Lovely goal from Rashford. Probably should have scored another one. In the second half, I don't know what Ryan Mason said, but second half, different beast. I think we need more midfielders. I think Erickson can only really last about 60 max. I don't know why he took off Wan-Bissaka, but I'm not the manager. Ultimately, sub's just not good enough. Right. And it's not the manager's fault. It's the players that he's got there. Full credit to Tottenham for putting their backs to 2-all. Still on for top four, though. So
1: Nice.
0: And we're back. That was a terrible match of football. But let's talk about the top of the league, because I think it was, it was billed as this huge title decider well, it was
1: like at the end of the day, if if Arsenal it win that, it wasn't though, was it? Yeah, okay. They three games on the spin. Yeah, okay, but that, that's that's neither here nor there. If you would argue, arguably, you could say big teams when it really comes down to it, and they're playing against the big boys, they perform, and that's what makes a championship winning team. Obviously, now we can see Arsenal not quite there yet to be calling themselves a championship-winning team. Because if Arsenal had won that, you could say City have two games in hand. That's all well and good, but they would still have been two points below Arsenal, had Arsenal won yesterday. So it was a title decider, in my opinion. It's just the fact that Arsenal choked.
0: the The most unserious title challenge we've seen in recent years. Oh, apart from when United finished, like, 20-odd points by no City.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: that was that was under Ollie. Um Wait. So, I want to pose this, and come the end of the season, regardless of what happens with Arsenal and City, I'm going to try and get an Arsenal fan to come on and unpack the season. Because my argument is, okay, yeah, you've got Champions League football, but <laughs> Wait. It's another for all the hype and all the oh my god, Mikel Arteta is fantastic. Oh, another uh, manager from the school of Guardiola. Rear, rear, rear. It's another trophyless season. Just saying. Yeah, okay, I'm but just saying. And it's not just because William Saliba is injured, right? Okay, Rob Holding his shit.
1: Okay, but they're winning. Derwin... Arsenal's win percentage with Saliba versus without. They have won 30% less games with him injured than when he's on the pitch. That's just a fact. I have to, I'm sorry, I have to like, you know, take that argument out. But you know, I'm gonna keep playing devil's advocate here and say they needed this season to go the way it did. Yes, it might be a trophyless season, but it's still on the way to to basically. The, it's still another step in the process because you didn't say, I don't think you would say that, or you didn't tell Liverpool fans 2017 18 or 2018 19, whenever it was. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, you guys have come this close to City, but it's still a trophy less season. Like no, you would just say like they need. They just got really unlucky that you know was the centurions for City, uh, that that won it for City, or the fact that you know they just played such good football, but you know City were just that one point better and just played an absolutely insane, insane season. I would still say that Arsenal are close, and if they can recreate it again, we will see them winning a uh, we will see them winning the title. That being said, they need to get the consistency and especially not falter when it comes down to the wire
0: stop making good points and make me look like an asshole. <laughs> it's, it's Just i don't like arsenal fans that's the only thing it was just whole it's i've got AFTV tv ptsd
1: well it's okay because don't we all but you know
0: i i said it last week and i'll stand by it don't write them off next year. It's, I, it's just what I'm going to say. because, oh yeah, 100%. Like, like we said last, last week, net new season, more experienced. They know. I think they definitely need more strength in depth because you cannot challenge for a title by playing Rob Holding for six weeks. What I will yeah, say is you've got Ben White, who is was a £50 million centre-back from Brighton and you're playing him at right-back. I refuse to believe there is not another player who can fit in at right back. And Ben White can play in his actual position.
1: You know, the position that he's also been arguably putting himself in for the team of the season, um, for the Premier League this season. Um, But you also... Okay, look at the flip side of this. Kevin De Bruyne, arguably the best midfielder in the world right now erling haaland without a shadow of a doubt the best number nine in the world right now it is a tall order to be trying to getting to get anything against city especially when you know they are all on four because you got you know you got the best midfielder you got the best striker and the other nine players aren't half bad to put it lightly arguably that te- that team is just on paper as well as inform the best team in in the world right now. You just have to.
0: Oh, it's it's the best the game team game.
1: with the best manager currently. Exactly, and the manager knows what he's doing. You know, it's, it's,
0: it's not like they've got oh, so what's that? Uh, an inexperienced manager who's never challenged for a title as a first team manager before. Okay,
1: you know, but now Mikel Arteta small.
0: has done that. Yeah, he will have a better idea. Exactly. I will say this. Uh Harlan's a freak.
1: Oh yeah. Um but it's not news.
0: But you because, have to
1: keep you have to keep talking about it because every time the records keep falling. But we said he would do this. We did. When he signed,
0: when he signed okay, I know we did. I know there's people out there that said it's disrespectful, that horrible Chelsea fan. Oh it's, it's disrespectful to the established order. No. You're a prick. He's,
1: I. He, he's cannot, a. He's, obliter- he's made that up. He's obliterated all the records. He's made Alan Shearer look. I don't know what what you could say. He's made Alan Shearer look just you know like a second rate striker. I wouldn't go that far. Um, what?
0: Uh, uh, uh no okay he's made he's he's, he's broken rude van nistelroy yeah but he's, Salah's he's, records for most second, goals in the season and second
1: like that. rate stri- second rate striker might have been harsh but no one's looking at the best striker in the premier league anymore as being you know alan shearer the best striker in the premier league probably now to play erling haaland
0: uh i'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one Uh, One season, okay? That's all I'm saying. Fair, fair. Okay, one season. If if he stays at City for seven, eight, nine years, I will happily hold my hands up. I will happily go, yes. Because this current rate, it's going to take about a week for him to score that many goals. If he moves and goes to Real Madrid, like I think a lot of people are expecting at some point, us included, us included, then I think, okay, yeah, he was fantastic for X, y, and Z season, but I mean it, he's a freak, and I've got a theory, so are you familiar with the you know, are you familiar with the Bible story of Samson and Delilah? God put all of his strength in his hair
1: ah th- there we go that's the, that's the one because th- do you know what the best part is that one reporter asked uh ibrahimovic as well when he was still at psg you know why why do you ha- like your hair long you know it's it, does it give you strength then he was like yeah like samson <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: i'm proposing
0: we shave it all off and see what happens <laughs> and then see how many goals he scores oh. I want skinhead i'm talking wayne rooney circa 2009.
1: well that was more down to his you know to his hair loss than anything
0: skinhead i want like you know where he's cut his his own head with a razor type proper mental case haircut
1: okay give me give me that britney spears circa 2007. yes
0: (laughs) peak peak breakdown spears and give me that and then we'll see how many goals he scores Okay,
1: just to take it back, if he obliterates all Premier League records and leaves after, you know, three years or so, goes on to keep destroying it in La League and also obliterates records there, would it not be, couldn't you still argue and say he is still the best striker that has probably pra- played in the Premier League?
0: Uh, yeah, okay, look, if it's everything except to the 260 goals,
1: okay, yeah, fine. At, at the rate he's going, he would need five, maybe six seasons to do that. Fine.
0: I can't see him staying at City that long. No, I I can't but, either. But that's, but that's for all we point. know, we could wake up tomorrow and Real Madrid could have no money.
1: Well, we did wake up like that and see uh Barcelona have no money. So I'm
0: still pissing myself laughing. Uh and they're also not playing in the camp new next year because they've borrowed another one and a half billion euros to uh rebuild the Spotify camp. Nou. I don't know
1: who they've borrowed this from or who would lend them the money when they know that financially they cannot pay it back. The mafia. They
0: the go. mob. It's the mob. And if they don't pay it back, don't say
1: anything. We're going to get, we're gonna. There's going to be a hit put out on us. If they don't pay it back,
0: they're going to break Sergio Busquets'
1: thumbs. He doesn't need his thumbs to play football, though, does he?
0: Fine, his kneecaps. Oh,
1: fucking Jesus. Just kneecap the guy.
0: (laughs) I I think before we get cancelled, killed, hit on. No, that's the wrong (laughs) word. (laughs) By all means. (laughs) do that last one oh Uh, no (laughs) have a hit to put out on us i think it's probably a good place to leave it
1: too true billy and as always don't forget to like share and subscribe to at sports news on facebook twitter and instagram to get the latest news such as marco royce extending his contract at his beloved dortmund and also make sure to check out the 50 plus one football podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts for your previous episodes so you know what or where all of our insiders are coming from. But- Thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm and love the beautiful game.